Hello, and welcome to CSM Toolbox. Every month, I'll be featuring a guest to share with us their experiences and provide us with insights from their industry. I had the opportunity to talk to Renko de Vries, VP of Marketing at Insighted. During our conversation, Renko tells us about Insighted, what skills will he be looking for in a new hire, how customer success and marketing are great partners, but at the same time, they can be quite siloed. And one of his favorite tools might surprise you. Join me and let's open that toolbox. The only reason we have been able to get there is due to customer feedback and market feedback. As a marketing team, I think we're now able to take a more leading role into educating our prospects and our customers at the same time. And I love that because it brings more soul mm. to our content or campaigns. And I don't know if that makes sense, but it's the only way I can explain it. it. Yeah, it feels like this sort of, I don't know, extra purpose or something. Welcome, Remco, to the podcast. So glad to finally get to chat to you today. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Just to get things started, what problem is Insighted trying to solve? Yeah, so good question. I know I uh, said I would try not to talk too much, <laughs> but there are quite a few. Mm -hmm. But we usually focus on four different ones. And that sounds like a lot, but they tie together pretty mm -hmm. well. So I'll try and explain uh, to the best of my ability. So First and foremost, building on customer self-sufficiency or self-service. I don't think it's been a secret that customers like to be able to do things themselves and especially also not be super dependent on your customer success team. And you also didn't hire your CSMs to just repeat FAQs <laughs> to customers, right? Scaling this sort of self-service channel, using a community to structure your educational materials or help docs, Q&A, make sure that your customers can actually do that. And also as a good side effect, gives your CSM team the time that they need to also focus on higher value and more pressing conversations. So I think that's the first. Then the second is engagement or customer engagement. And this doesn't mean as much as making sure that your customers have a platform to actually engage with each other, just bare bones, but also share best practices, learn from industry experts. It also means a one-to-many -to engagement opportunity for your CS team, maybe using some content engagement metrics, stuff to feed into your digital strategy, quite a lot, actually. So, And I think also one of the things that's often forgotten in engagement in general, it's not just your customers talking to each other or your CSM talking to your customers, but it's also making sure that there is this visible platform to stimulate employee engagement. And by that, I mean making sure that your product teams are also talking to your customers and your marketing teams are also talking to your customers, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's super important. And then finally, and I know there's set four, so finally I said four, so finally is not really finally, <laughs> but <laughs> finally there's customer feedback and ideation. I think as a CSM, you're always getting bombarded with feedback mm -hmm. in all customer conversations. And what we see is that they're often isn't really a good way to relay that to, for example, the product team or the rest of the organization. There's actually CSM still working in Excel files to structure all feedback and try and get it across. I think that's not a good way. It's actually leading to customers getting ignored, frustrated, actually no features being delivered, but also internal struggles between, for example, CS and products, which is obviously well documented. <laughs> They don't sometimes like each other. I think we provide an open way for customers to give that feedback. It's visible to everyone. They can submit feature requests. Customers can also help you qualify those requests by making sure that if it's a request that customers make that you can already do, they can actually help you tell other customers like, hey, this is already possible. Why are you asking for this? 
etc. And we also help you close the loop by tying release communication into the original customer idea. I actually like this last one because I feel it's a major adoption playbook as mm. well. I think, yeah, only if you think about this, if a customer has an idea, you actually pick up the idea because you think it's a really good idea. Mm. Uh, and then you deliver it and you tell the customer that you've delivered it. Obviously, they're going to adopt it, right? Mm. You can actually scale this also. It's like an adoption playbook. Yeah, and then I said four because the last is kind of like a newer use case, mm. which I think, in especially in these times or this year, has grown in more importance also with the whole structure around digital customer success. And this final thing is what I call a centralized customer hub. Mm. Now, what I mean with that is more than just community, right? Community is part of it, but it's more. You need to think about it this way. It's, for example, a lot of companies, they have a customer success CRM, like for for example, Catalyst or Gainsight yeah. or something else. That's the dedicated place where your customer success managers will log in and they can actually do all the things they need to do, figure out what the first priorities are or how they can be more efficient about how they do their daily job or daily things. But there actually isn't a platform like that for customers. So that's what we mean with the centralized customer hub. And that's what Insighted has become over, I think, the past year and also will continue to become uh, towards the future to make sure that your customers also have this one environment where they can just log in and make sure that they do and can do everything they need to be more successful with your products. Yeah, and even what I hear as well is how organizations are focusing on customer-led growth. I mean, I know I, I will see it as well in probably you two on, on LinkedIn about product-led growth, but I think it's for use cases. I think what it resonates is that customer focus. And yeah. as well on that, actually, as VP of marketing, what have you learned so far from your customers' feedback? Yeah, good question. So a lot. <laughs> yeah. So my team and I, we try to engage a lot with our customers, but also with the broader customer success community. Mm. I feel like as a marketer, you just have, we need to play into uh, SaaS, which is a fast moving market, right? Mm. So you need to stay on top of things. But also I feel like uh, within SaaS, but also within community, for example, mm. there have been a lot of changing customer expectations that we need to stay on top of and actually make sure to that we truly understand so that we can help our customers in a better way. Yeah, and even customer success is a, it's an ever evolving market because it's still relatively young. Mm. It's still maturing. So still a lot of things are happening and are being defined. Uh, and I want to make sure that we are part of that conversation. So our marketing approach has always been super practical and super educational ever since I started at Insided, I think uh, two and a half years ago or something. It's no fuss. It's helping you make sense of how to do things. And we actually pride ourselves on our content leading to conversion rates further down the funnel that are actually beating benchmarks. Marketing has that position within our organization and I want to keep it that way. So the only reason we have been able to get there is due to customer feedback and market feedback. As a marketing team, I think we're now able to take a more leading role into educating our prospects and our customers at the same time. And I love that because it brings more soul mm. to our content or campaigns. And I don't know if that makes sense, but it's the only way I can explain it. it. Yeah, it feels like this sort of, I don't know, extra purpose or something. So to make that super practical, for example, usually every quarter we have a thematic approach. So in Q1, we had a, we ran a theme or a campaign that we called Close the Loop. And this campaign encompassed a story from basically why you should bother actually giving your customers a platform to give you feedback at all, mm -hmm. to how to do it, to internally uh, structuring feedback and the processes, to tooling, to how to deal with the feedback, even the relationship between customer success and product and who should own what. 
and then eventually also how to close the loop on communication to the customer. We rolled out the story, and then meanwhile, as we rolled out the story, product actually rolled out a lot of features and improvements that had been requested by our customers through our platform and through like CSM conversations, etc. at the same time. And I dig that because it sort of goes beyond the initial marketing focus of just acquiring new customers, right? You're, you run this like full circle campaign that benefits everyone, including your current customers. And we can only do that because we just focus so much on the feedback that we're getting. Yeah, absolutely. In a way, mirrors with just the customer life cycle in itself. Like, I think it's... It does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely resonates. And actually just switching gears a little bit, it's great to see how involved and uh, inside it, how involved you are in the customer success community because they are inside its customers. So I think just getting into that mindset. And I think that that's great to see for any vendor really just trying to understand what's happening Um in the back and close doors if you want. Definitely. So in the customer success community, we usually get asked about what skills are must haves or what skills are transferable. There's people trying to air quotes here and break into customer success. If someone actually from customer success will be looking to transition into marketing, what skills would you be looking for in a new hire? A customer success manager wanting to transition into marketing is actually super uh, interesting. So if you also, if anyone's listening that wants to do this, yeah. talk to me, please. I think it depends on the hire. There's a lot of specialization going on in marketing. I think some roles will just be a no-go because of that. But let's assume, for example, like a general content marketer or a customer marketer for now. So the first thing you should already have as a CSM that I would definitely value as a marketing leader is customer knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. You know what they need, you know the challenges that they have, and super important, you also know how to find, like, I think you know how to talk about these things in their words, more so than someone fitting a regular marketing profile would, unless, I guess, they worked in the CS space before or something. So I think for a marketing team, and especially selling to customer success managers like we do, that is super important. That makes every campaign easier, that makes for great content, that makes for great webinars, that makes for a lot of great stuff. So I think that's the first thing. And then Secondly, I would look for a lot of skills in, yeah, I think I should call it like the communication quadrant. <laughs> so especially on the relationship side of things, because marketing is so much easier if you can actually adapt and know how to talk to anyone, like think use cases, etc. And then maybe finally, the third one is analytical skills. So yeah, I think analytical skills are super important in any marketing role. You need to be able to sort of translate what you're doing towards some sort of value up there in the chain, preferably eventually ending up in revenue. So I think that's also something that I would be uh, looking for in a CSM role. And I think it's also something that CSMs can have a lot of experience with if they've actually actively been working on health scores and all those kinds of things. So I think you then have a sort of mindset that could be beneficial to marketing. And then maybe finally a few smaller things like the drive that you have as a customer success manager, because it's mm. not an easy role, mm. right? So you also get brought up in a way that gives you this sort of natural drive to actually go to full length for customers, maybe even grit <laughs> that you've built as a customer success manager. So what do we do that actually makes customers successful? And you also probably would know what they would miss if they left. 
And I think that's the really good stuff for marketing. So that's something that I would, would be looking for. Yeah. And I remember even from the webinar you did with Brian from Looker that I think both of you mentioned about that unicorn that it will have like certain characteristics. Yeah. So that was, that was funny. And actually, even from my side, as well as a customer success manager, I last year I finished early this year a course in growth hacking actually with Growth Drive there in Amsterdam. So I think for me, yeah. I wanted to understand the top of the funnel because usually as as, as you know, we will be more concentrating in that advocacy retention, like the bottom of the funnel. So for me, I think, and it was just my own, maybe just to be aware of that top of the funnel in terms of acquisition, demand. And yeah. so, and again, it wouldn't necessarily be maybe characteristics or you wouldn't see that in a job spec for a customer success yeah. manager, but it's just more to get that understanding. So I think it's actually, it makes total sense that you did that because I think also CSMs, they could benefit from sort of the experimentation mm. or experimental yeah. mindset sure. that already lived in marketing for years. Especially also if you look at things like the customer journey, where as a CSM, we're constantly striving to define the perfect customer journey leading to as much customer happiness and value for mm. the company, et cetera, et cetera. But we're not really experimenting with it. So we're defining these touch points. Usually they're like vendor oriented touch points, which is also not a good thing. Mm. We can talk for another 30 minutes about <laughs> that. But as you're defining these touch points, why not just test a few mm -hmm. ways of actually approaching that sort of pivotal point that you've defined that you actually need to have conversation with the customer or something. I think it's something that we should do a lot more in customer success. Yes, absolutely. Well, one of the closest partners actually for customer success, I will say in most cases, in most um, organizations will be marketing. What advice will you give us in customer success to actually be able to build or improve the partnership between success and marketing? Yeah. So like customer success and product, I also sometimes mm. feel like uh, customer success and marketing are kind of like this Jekyll and Hyde <laughs> sort of kind of combination. Because by default, they go so well together mm. if you just look at the two departments. Because marketing understands what it means to get a message across mm. to large groups of people and how to best do that. And CS understands what customers actually need and what they want and what makes your company different for their customers. So I think if you think of like activities of customer communication, customer referrals, etc., Normally, you would just say that's a match made in heaven. However, and especially in SaaS world, if you then look at what's commonly happening between the two departments, you see that they're quite siloed and misaligned on goals. So both teams are actually also super busy, which is also not helping. So CS is feeling the pressure from a customer point of view and net retention, etc. And marketing is feeling the pressure from investors and they need to make sure that there's enough qualified pipeline growth and sales teams are breathing down their necks because they need more pipeline or they want better quality, whatever conversations or something like that. So marketing is chasing down CS for use cases while CS doesn't want to do use cases yet because they first want to make sure that the customer is, uh, is super happy. So there's also a lot of conflict between the two. And I think that if you're not paying attention, those challenges could be enough for those departments to just focus on their own stuff, so to say, which I think is a shame. So I think CS needs broader ownership and also needs to be more interested in owning the full messaging that marketing is sending out to the world because it also benefits them. It makes sure that they don't end up with the wrong customers and the wrong expectations with those customers because they will have to serve them and that will be a problem. It's not just their, it's not just their responsibility, by the way. It's a shared one, but, and also marketing needs to revolve a, a lot more around 
quality versus quantity these days mm -hmm. and being more efficient, right? So you need to make sure that both actually have goals to match and that the goals actually work together. So you could probably meet uh, with goals around customer outcomes. I think that's usually best. But also, yeah, if you want to structure that a little bit more practically, you could set up like structures where you listen to customer calls mm -hmm. together, etc. But I think like the best way of them actually working closer together, um, because often, uh, unfortunately, that's still not happening, is by making sure that there's alignment on goals and not just uh, like a siloed approach there. Something that you mentioned there about even just either marketing, inviting a customer success manager to their calls. Again, this depends on the maturity of the organization. I'm thinking maybe more at a startup level, that that could be a that joint call with a customer just trying to understand it, their needs and where maybe that, that yeah. would apply a little bit more. And so, yeah, no, thanks for that, Remco. And just uh, one last question. So what's in your toolbox other than inside it? What mobile or web app you cannot live without? And it could be work and yeah. not work related. Yeah. So I'll give you a few for work and a few for not work. So I think for work, I'm a super chaotic person. <laughs> So my natural tendency is to always try and do too much and actually also do more. I'm super optimi optimistic. Mm -hmm. My team actually hates me for that sometimes. <laughs> so if I want to get things done in a, in a more structured way, I use Todoist uh, mm -hmm. and I use, I use it every day. It's the thing that basically defines what I'm doing and where I keep track of it. all the ideas that come up to mind and actually make an attempt of prioritizing them and sometimes failing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's really helping me out. So I think uh, for a chaotic person with a lot to do, yeah, to do is is actually uh, a good tip. And then the second one is LinkedIn. I, I guess you could say it's work and personal, but yeah, I'm addicted to LinkedIn. Mm. I truly, truly enjoy networking on that platform with like other people in customer success and community, ongoing discussions, knowledge sharing. Yeah, I actually see a lot of engagement and that gives me a lot of energy. Mm. So I really like that. And maybe not work. So the one that maybe is different than uh, what you've heard so far, but procreate on my iPad. Because <laughs> being a super chaotic person, I also need ways to sort of ease my mind and drawing is uh, one of them for me. So I do that uh, on my iPad with like the stylus and, and procreate. Really love that. Uh, and maybe it's not really a tool, but I don't know if a cast iron pan actually would count. Okay. Yeah. It could be a tool. I mean, because <laughs> I mean, cooking a lasagna is something that I cannot live without and also is utterly relaxing for me. Cooking in general is so I, I try and do that to sort of get relief from the stress in SAS. Yeah. And then finally, I think usual suspect, but uh, Spotify. So I listen to music and podcasts all day. Uh, it's always in the background. Uh, I also need that sort of noise around me. So, um, Yeah, those are mine. And I have to agree around LinkedIn. I mean, to build your own network, learn from community as well. Yes. I'm actually a terrible marketer because I, I have a Twitter account, but I haven't touched it in years. <laughs> And so I think uh, I'm a terrible marketer for that. But yeah, I just don't like it. Yeah, I, I, know. I know. There is a, yeah, it can be a bit strange going into just looking at Twitter runs, that's, yeah, <laughs> we can yeah, exactly. steer clear of that. So, yeah, no, thank you so much, Remco. It was a pleasure talking to you today and for sharing your insights. And where can people reach out to you? I'm guessing LinkedIn, but I might as well ask. LinkedIn is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can do LinkedIn, but they can also just email me if they want. Remco at insider.com. Super simple. I don't mind. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Remco. Take care. Awesome. Thank Thanks. you.
Esse podcast foi editado por Aerolitos, edição inteligente. Música